Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, not back with my bestie, Nikki, who we all miss very much, and I'm so ready for her to get back to this. But uh, God bless her. She's out on baby leave and enjoying time with that precious little nugget of hers. So I'm super excited for her. But for tonight, uh, we have two episodes for you guys. One was an episode that we recorded prior to her going out on leave with an organization called You Lift You, which is a charitable organization some of you would be familiar with. Uh, it's a group that Chandler Smith donated money to from his winnings at Granite Games. They do a really great job helping incarcerated and returned citizens get careers as professional fitness coaches. So it's a really interesting conversation. I think you guys will enjoy listening to that. The second half of the podcast is with one of the owners of AbMap, which is an OG in the CrossFit space. I think you guys will love to hear that. Um, Dylan is an inventor uh, by trade and creates really exciting products. And not only that, AbMap does a lot of charitable giving back into the CrossFit community. So I thought it was a really interesting conversation to hear what one of these kind of OG companies within the CrossFit space is, is doing. So two conversations for you guys tonight to listen to. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off to the show. Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm good. I'm having a good tea night. I have hot tea with me. Ooh, what In is my favorite mug. mug. You, like, you like this? You see what that says? You can't see it because no, it's yellow. It says first place. It? You know what that's first place for? The only competition I ever entered <laughs> and won. Well, and this is this was a prize. Wow. It looks, so, it looks so fancy. It's got like a snatching uh-huh. guy on it right there. It looks doesn't just it? like you from the back. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what she said. All right. Anyway. Hey, hey there we go. No, it's, <laughs> been, it's been a good day. And your head, your headband game is strong today. Thank you. This is my noble headband. Is it? Oh, that's how you know I CrossFit. Costs more than your car. That's good to know. <laughs> it looks good. It does look good. Are you are you completely and utterly just swamped in noble gear after doing a couple of events this year? Um, I do have a couple large T-shirts, which is nice. And they were, I was going out to West Coast Classic. They were like, "So, what size are you?" And I was like, "Ooh, loaded question. Um, what size am I right now? That I'm smuggling a med ball, or like, <laughs> what size am I normally?" Somebody was giving me grief this week because I I did a post and I commented that I liked the uh, the new Noble game shoes that have the names on the bottom. I thought it was kind of cool. Too. I do think they're cool. And somebody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, what is this? What's all this love for Noble? If you give them all this grief, I'm like, hey, I'm a decent guy. Like, if I like something, I'm gonna tell you I like it. If I don't like it, I'm gonna tell you it's crap. These things are kind of cool, you know. They're cool. Their canvas shoes are cool. Like they, you know, some of the stuff they make's good." That headband, I like their gear. Headband looks great on you. Wouldn't look great on me. I'd look like a band roll on. Would not be good. Wheel, wheel. Thank you. Anyway, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but fun nonetheless. So tonight, uh, special guest tonight, we got Wiley Balasic. Boom, got it right. Nice <laughs> job. Thank you. And uh, Jesse has a very normal name, Dawson. Nice to meet you guys. How are you? Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So they are here with uh, a charity that you guys have probably heard. So I guess it was, you guys have to keep me honest here. I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, a few weeks ago, I think when Chandler finished second at the Granite Games, is that right? And uh, he's going to give half of his uh, proceeds to charity. And one of those charities was You Lift You, which is uh, the organization these guys are with. So we thought it would be fun to bring them on and, and educate everyone on what you guys do. So here we are. Here we are. Awesome. Yeah. No, thanks for, thanks for having us. So 
Yeah, so um, ULIFTU is a 501c3. So um, I, Wiley, started the organization. Jesse's one of our coaches and graduates. Um, the, the organization works kind of in tandem with the uh, gym that I own in Philadelphia, where we're based, Subversus Fitness. Um, we've been a CrossFit affiliate for about 12 years now. CrossFit Center City has been the affiliate. Um, and the, really, the, the mission behind ULIFTU is to empower currently incarcerated and returned citizens, the folks who come home, on parole um, to become coaches and leaders in the fitness space. And we also then, through our coaches, run programs in under-resourced neighborhoods of Philadelphia and for under-resourced groups like um, kids who are actually in the juvenile justice system, pairing our graduates with uh, individuals in areas of the city that really don't get access to something like CrossFit, like this type of high-quality training, as a means to really battle chronic disease. So we believe that we can both provide and empower uh, we can both create a path for sustainable employment for returning citizens, and that path can lead to addressing uh, issues of chronic disease here in Philadelphia. Um, and especially um, issues of representation are really strong with that. Um, and by and large, especially in this city, um, the life expectancy of black men is about 68 uh, in some neighborhoods. It's as low as 62 or 64 in others. And so our program is principally empowering black men to lead the change. Um, I'm a white guy. I grew up in the suburbs. So my job is to get out of the way and create space for coaches to develop, to take leadership roles and really change what health and fitness looks like in the community. And you know, Jesse will share his story as someone who is doing that work and really leading that charge. So that's kind of you know, who we are and, and what we do. Guys, I, I feel like sometimes talking about this kind of thing almost feels a little bit taboo. Like it's almost like, Ooh, what do you mean incarcerated people? Like, Ooh, is this like a bad kind of, it's just got these vibes that like, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad you're coming out here and just saying it like, this is important. And this is what we need to do. Do yeah. you feel like you battle some of that stigma around the mission? And then how do you combat that? I think that it's, it's, it's interesting. I haven't had that really around the mission. And one of the things that just, as you said, like putting things front and center, like yeah, why like at our affiliate, this is a number of the, you lift, you graduates, um, you lift, you graduates make up about half of our coaching staff at my affiliate also at this point. And so, because I think it's also like, if I say as an affiliate owner, these are things that are important, then I need to also model that behavior. Right. And so, um, that's why a number of, you know, we joked earlier, you know, Jesse's been coaching all day. Um, and so I think that there's, there's always some degree of taboo around that, but I think there's less taboo around the issues of folks who've been incarcerated and have returned home. I think there's more of a taboo around people really wanting to explore that chronic disease doesn't need to be as pervasive as it is. Hmm. And I think that's really the issue that people oftentimes don't really want to dig into. Um, unfortunately, I believe that these issues of, of battling chronic disease are pretty straightforward, but a lot of it comes down to representation. I think a lot of the reasons why these problems seem intractable is because the people who've been, frankly, trying to go about changing them haven't been the right people. Um, and that's why Jesse's the coach leading those programs, why I'm not leading the, the, the program there, right? And I think that's even tying this into like issues around traditionally like what like CrossFit health was and things like that. And we were able to, we were both Jesse and I were out at a MDL one. Um, I've been at a couple of them and the intention was good. In my opinion, the people who were then being brought in to do that were not the right people. Um, 
And I think that's, I think having that conversation is more of the part where it starts to get sticky. That's fair. So then Jesse, this, this seems like it's your wheelhouse. How did you kind of get involved in, and <laughs> end up coaching all day before we made you sit on this podcast at 7 PM? <laughs> like, so, um, I was incarcerated for 10 years in a federal prison. So I came home to a reentry program. Uh, so that's where I met Wally. Right? So I was always in love with fitness. And so when Wally introduced me to what his foundation was about and what he was doing, it was like, just clicked. Everything came together. So I, we worked uh, for about, about a six months to like nine months. All right. Uh, just working on how to coach, uh, working on my level one. Finally got my level one. Uh, just recently, I got my level two as well. Ooh. Then, yeah, yeah. So right after that, I got my uh, my USAW, uh certification as well. Nice. Uh, so everything's going smooth. I'm learning. Uh, really loving the CrossFit community. All right. So it's really embraced us mm-hmm. in our gym. So it really wasn't... Uh, Oh, he's in, he just came home from prison. Everybody really embraced us. And I'm here now, mm-hmm. you know, still coaching CrossFit, uh, working on a youth program. Yeah. All right. So we just lead, uh, just giving guys, well, young, younger guys like us, just an example of what we're doing, what we've been through and trying to keep them off that path. Mm-hmm. So these are kids who are currently on juvenile probation um they've had some degree of justice involvement already and so what we're doing is we're pairing you lift you trainees and graduates together in the gym and really we're, we're building accountability we're building leadership skills and opportunities for those connections to take place weightlifting is is very much secondary to what's taking place right so integral to those sessions you know jesse jesse leads all those writes all the programming for them is things like spotting right and so that's something that might seem minor but the, but the fact that you're responsible for somebody else in the class when you're 16, 17, 15 years old, um, being put in that position and connecting with somebody else, there's no phones, there's no headphones, you've got to just be there. Um, that's a really big part of that. And so the ability then to not only foster those experiences, but have that being led by Jesse and other graduates or trainees of our program, um, that's, that's super important to me. You know, again, like I should be the guy who's you know, my job in those sessions is to make sure dinner's on time, right? Like that's, that's my role. Um, not to go in and tell a kid who's grown up, you know, in, in North Philadelphia, in our case, one of the most under-resourced parts of the city, like, Hey, you know, here's what you should be doing. Like, that's not, that's not my place. I didn't grow up in that community. So my job is to, again, create space for our graduates to step into that and, and make that change. Jesse, how much do you feel like if you had that kind of a program or that kind of leadership or that kind of influence in your life at that younger age, like how much of an impact do you think that would have made on you and the decisions you made and the path that you took? I think it would have made a difference. Just having somebody that been through uh, like the system and knows what if you keep going on to that, on that path, what it would lead to, you know, um, I try to like tell the, uh, the younger guys, just find something that you like doing and try to stick to it. Right. So whatever it is. Right. So you never want to do something that you don't like doing. Right. So like I always say. Right. So I got used to doing stuff in prison that I didn't like doing. So I made it a goal when I come home. I'm going to do something that I like doing and I'm going to try to stick to it, try to succeed and just give it my all. 
Mm-hmm. Why, why is that fitness? Like, what is it about like health and wellness and fitness that landed in that sweet spot of like the shit you like, you know? Because you like in prison, right? So you work out, you want to be fit, right? But you also work out sort of like therapy, right? So it makes you feel a little better, eases the pain a little bit, all right? Helps you go out, go throughout your day feeling a little better than what you were. And I love that feeling of, after the feeling of, after you work out, that, that feeling of like, I, I accomplished something, I'm feeling good, I'm trying to stay fit. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah. I've, I've said for a decade now that CrossFit is my therapy. Like mm-hmm. and for all those reasons, I think you you leave with a sense of accomplishment. You've got you're working toward goals. Um, you work off stress and anxiety. I mean, I could probably sit here and list twenty or thirty things that it's helped me with. I, I can only imagine, you know, if you've got you know young men and women that are you know going through this program, that maybe you're struggling with some of the same things that you know I'm describing. I've struggled with how much that's helping them. How how many people do you have in the program total? So, um, so right now we have five coaches and, and trainees who are, um, we have, we have, we have three, le- we have three level one graduates, two more guys who are coming up quickly. And then we'll probably start another guy soon that, um, we have 14 guys currently in the state prison in Chester, which is about 20 minutes away from here. And right now we have about, I'd say 12 ish kids who are in the program. And the pace of the program has grown at the pace that employment opportunities are there on the back end. So that's one of the reasons why like our program is not huge because my belief when it comes to this is that um, this really has to lead something to something that is different, not just another certification program that then leads and goes to nowhere. Um, and this is what I, where I believe like scholarship often it sometimes gets misapplied. Like we need to have a strategy for, for how scholarship is going to lead to certification, certification is going to lead to employment, employment is going to lead to sustainability, and being able to work backwards in that regard. And so I think that that's why, like, our program grows at the pace that, uh, frankly, I'm able to raise the money for our graduates to run classes, or I can employ as many people as I can through my gym. Um, and so the hope is that as we can start to raise more money and grow the program, we can start to also, you know, expand on this and, and, and grow and, you know, add more coaches to it. The, the thing that's kind of st- startling about those statistics, though, is that like while our program may have three level one coaches who all happen to be black men, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple months ago just about this and just how little representation there is in the entire city of Seattle. And maybe this is different at this point. I really hope that it's, it's, it's I hope this stat is wrong. Um, there were at the time no black men who were current L1 coaches in the entire city. Um what? And so for our program to, we're actively working at an affiliate. And so for our program to say that we're small, we have, you know, three soon to be four men who are actively coaching with, you know, an L1, um, it, it, there's, it's why I'm passionate about advocating for representation within, within CrossFit and the, the actions that are being taken. I'm on CrossFit's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Council, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on there. Um, and I, I think that that's... Um, that's like when I said like that where there's these issues of um, how do we start to change what inclusion means in CrossFit? I think that that's where things start to get more sticky. You know, I, I've never had pushback around the fact like some, you know, somebody has a record or that kind of thing. Like that's never been an issue. And to Jesse's point, I think that returning citizens and the connection with fitness 
is so underexplored because if you're in prison, you look out in the yard, it is like the fitness that is going on, like, like muscle ups are an afterthought. Like, I mean, it, it is serious what's going down. And so, you know, my having known about the culture, my thing has been like, how do we leverage that? Right. Like how do we then create a path to become a coach using that base of fitness, that interest in fitness, like Jesse was saying, it's such a point of, of contributing to health that let's, let's utilize it, right? Let's empower people before they come home so that they're not just coming home and going back in. And, and I think that's, that's really important in a part of our program that is, is really significant. From, from your perspective, why do you think inclusion has been such a difficult conversation within CrossFit? I think because largely the majority of CrossFit ownership and let's say the U.S. I don't want to speak for statistics around the world because I sure as hell don't know them. Um, but I think that the majority of CrossFit owner of ownership and 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 leadership is by white people, especially white men. And so all that we ultimately know is our own experiences as they relate to our lives. And so if you if you're white and you're coming from that background and you've had that worldview oftentimes inclusion seems like an afterthought because the majority of the rooms you've ever been in, you've never been uncomfortable. You've never really worried about like you might have social anxiety related to being in a certain space and that kind of thing. But inclusion has just kind of seemed like you just are included. And so I think that when you then start to say to someone, I think a lot of times people then start to like dip a toe into inclusion and they're like, but they're terrified that someone isn't going to say, well, you're, well, you're a racist. Well, you're this, you're that. And so they're like, fuck it. I'm not touching this. Like, this is, I don't, I, I don't know. We, we, we're, we're, we're inclusive. I, I, we, we're doing our best. And I think that like, for like, our gym has a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do. And I th- think that the best thing that we can do as a lot of times white people in the space is say like, let's get over this fear of being wrong and recognize that we are not going to be right. But the best thing that we can do is see how do we be better? How do we create more space, right? How do we not have just our, our affiliate be a reflection of just who we are, which is what happens, right? Like half of affiliate owners are, are part-time, right? So that means that you can only put so much time and energy into everything that you do as an affiliate. So how can we make these conversations more organic how can we start to actively say with a great with greater representation of your coaching staff that's better for business more people are going to find your gym more people are going to see that this is a safe space where you're fostering inclusion and you're literally putting your money where your mouth is by having coaches who aren't just all white 25 year olds you know that's that process leads to so much exciting and different things that can happen with your gym and so much cool shit that comes along with it you know, so, so I think I'm, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say like, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say like, just take the first step by not being afraid of doing the wrong thing. Because yeah. I think that that is so very much a hang up that stops people from exploring what the, what the real options are to improve. And I remember when we first when we first, first, first started talking about, well, John first started talking about inclusion and diversity way before it became like the hot button social issue. But when we first had um, 
Easy Muhammad on the show back in 2020, when this discussion kind of became heated within the CrossFit community in and of itself, I had said that and I had asked him, I'm like, I don't know what to do when there's too much fear in, in starting the conversation or in taking the first step, because I want to do something and I want to say something, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. And the greatest thing that he said that I've now repeated to so many people is it's like when you learn to snatch for the first time, (laughs) like you're gonna fuck it up. You're going to do it wrong. You're going to look messed up and you might hurt yourself and you might whatever, but there's going to be someone who says, okay, you know what? That was wrong, but here's how we can do it. Right. And unless you try, you are sure as hell never going to figure it out mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's just, it's just, it is starting somewhere and re- yeah, exactly. Recognizing that you're not, you're not, you know, gonna, it's not going to be perfect, but you've got to, you've got to start if you're going to learn, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's, it's interesting. Like we have the whole framework of the kind of cross methodology is this is broad, general, and inclusive things, right? That's all over the place and all of the, 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 in the methodology and the kind of core concepts related to this. And the whole process of, of programming when done well is to seek out our, our, our gaps, right? That's the whole, the whole thing, you know, from, from the level one is, you know, show me your routine and I'll show you what you're not good at. Right. And we're so interested in that from a programming perspective, but when it comes to that from a community perspective, then we jam up and we're like, ah, I don't want to do it. Right. As opposed to saying, we know that like, if we program a 10 K row and people don't show up that day, right. But we know that like, okay, so it's our job to build, to, to, to say to our membership, here's why the 10 K row is really important. And we got to get excited as coaches and we got to be into it. So they're into it and we got to make a thing. Right. But when we look at our coaching staffs, and we see that there's no diversity amongst the coaching staff, or we see that the language and the word choice that we're using inside of the gym is not opening up a bigger conversation as possible, right? When we do those things, we're essentially like never programming gymnastics because like we might feel weird going into a handstand, right? Like we know we'd be better if we did that, but we have to embrace the same feeling. It's just like you said, right? It's, it's connecting these concepts within fitness, um, to how do we build a community that way? And how do we recognize that there's so much cool stuff that happens once we start to have those conversations, once we start to do that. Um, and that's where, for me, there's so much potential with CrossFit and with these methods, because there is such this expansive network to start with. It is relative to the barriers for entry for starting an affiliate are so low. And so there's, there's, there's just, there's a lot of cool things that can happen there, but you have to actively do it. It won't happen on its own. That is one of the most interesting things about CrossFit to me is the barrier for entry is incredibly low. I think people underestimate or they just don't, I don't feel like people talk about it enough. Like it's 3000 bucks. That's it. And you're in and, you know, name another business that you can get into for $3,000. And so it's, it's always been amazing to me how non-diverse most gyms are. To your point mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody owns them. They look like me, old, bald, white guys, you know, yeah. but just a lot more fit. And, uh, you know, so I love this mission you guys are on to to change that for the betterment of the business. I think it's a real business risk long term, especially with 20 to 30 percent of the businesses going out of going out of business due to COVID. When you mm-hmm. think about it, like you have to start bringing in more people and get that, you know, richness of, um, 
you know, of, of life differences to learn from each other that will continue to get this business to grow. And, and to your point, like when you can see yourself and others, you'll go do that, whatever that may be. And so bringing in new people into CrossFit will bring more people. It's just, yeah. it's a great mission. Yeah. I like, yeah. The, I like the sustainability that you guys are bringing to this structure of a program too, because it's like, it's not just training people and getting them their L1 and being like, good luck in the world. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, it's building a program that can kind of end up running itself because you've got that cyclical nature of like, inspiring the younger people to then go up through the ranks and then inspire the next generation. It reminds me of the battle cancer program, John, that we've talked to Scott, Scott Britton about so many times. It's like, you guys have really thought through not only why this is beneficial, but how to make it work long-term. I'd, I'd like to know kind of what's next for you, Jesse. Like you get, so you get your level two now, which is a hell of a lot of work. Like what, what do you, what are you wanting to reach for next certification wise, or just, you know, what do you want to learn? Like, what are you thinking about? Uh, so right now I haven't gave it much thought, but you know, just right now, just, uh, getting better at coaching. Um, so just trying to master coaching and, you know, probably eventually in the future owning my own box. So that's, a, you know, that's a long time ago, you know, but first, you know, you know just, uh, focusing on you lift you for right now. Though. Do you find yourself to be a better coach with that awesome beard you're sporting? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's my trademark right here. <laughs> it's, it's pure jealousy on my part. Pure, je- like I can't. I I can just get this white stubble. It's the best I can do. I can't can't get the full beard game going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, where Je- Jesse having to wear a mask was not an oh, easy, <laughs> not an easy process. Well, I bet you guys just got out of mask too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, within a month. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't think it's been a month. I think a bit of a month, couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. yeah, we had lots of members who we never knew if they had teeth. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Isn't it weird what an important part of someone's face that is, and when you yeah. see them for the first time without it, you're kind of like. Well, one of two things. You're like, oh, damn, okay, you look good. Check you out. Or you're like, oh, God, <laughs> that's oh, what you look like under there? So this, is yeah. a true, this is a true story. I, so I run a bank, and we've been open since the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, over this whole time, we've been hiring people and blah, blah, blah. So we just got out of mask in Ohio. And I've got a lot of employees that work for me that have literally never seen me without a mask on. So I come walking in the other day, and the girl looks at me. She's like, oh, welcome to blah, blah, blah. And she looks at me for a second and she's like, oh, you're John. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I've never seen you without a mask before. And I just look at her like totally deadpan. I'm like, am I hella cute? She she didn't know what to say. She was so stunned. She had no answer for that. She she probably didn't think I was hella cute. That's probably why she didn't. How was her answer not immediately? Yes. Like (laughs) she laughed. She giggled. So that was worth something. You know, bitch, just say yes. Yeah, I know. Right. Just say, yes, I'm cute. The hell. Yeah, if you wouldn't see me without a mask for a year. Yeah, one of one of our you lift you graduates, he got certified, and that's how long like we were in we were in masks. Like he like start to graduating the program, and it's like typically like a nine month thing for most people. Um, and only you know only recently did them like see his face like the entire time that he was like in the classroom, and because our our program splits time like shadowing classes in the gym and in the classroom working through like the certification materials 
Um, I should also mention that our, our, everybody in our program is paid um, for their time. So this isn't like an unpaid internship thing, which is also one of my big gripes with fitness. But um, everybody gets twelve fifty an hour while you're learning the skills to be a coach for all that time spent either in the classroom or shadowing. And then our, our coaches start at $25 an hour once they start to coach and transportation is paid for and all that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, yeah, like one of our graduates never even saw his face and he's a graduate of the program. Wow. Does, does he have teeth? She does have teeth. He's got, got a handsome set of teeth. There you go. There you go. Now you know. Um, so did you guys did you guys get a big boost uh, after like Chandler kind of came out there and, and was talking about donating some of his prize money? Like what kind of halo effect did you see around that? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Um, he he and I talked uh, briefly a, a few times because um, we're both on the, the DEI Council of CrossFit. And he had mentioned that he was looking for ways to try to do more with his kind of position within the community. And so um, he reached out after the, the that sanctional that he had done and said that he wanted to do this. And was it okay? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> very okay. Uh, yeah, you. sounds great. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, our, like, we got a massive, like, social media bump. Um, we gained 40% of our current followers, which, you know, is, is pretty modest. But still, it was a big bump for us. Um, we got about $2,000 in total random donations of people just, you know, who, who saw what we were doing and wanted to support it. And so, um, yeah, there was a, a, a big boost to it. And, and we've, we've, you know, I've spoken a couple of times since then about ways that we might be able to do some more stuff in the future. And um, probably once we get past the games, because um, he was extremely kind and wanted to do more right now. And we also talked about like, you are a professional athlete. Like this is, you need to be selfish right now. Like this is your time. Go do you. Yeah. Like we'll yeah. talk Gotta out. focus. Gotta focus ahead of the, the competition for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But no, we were super grateful for that. Got a, got a big boost from it. And um, it's, it's cool that you did it. It's, you know, and, and Noah also did it as well. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see athletes using their platform for that and for something bigger. And um, it's, it, it's, it's cool to see. It's been nice to have the chance to get to know him a little bit. I just really love seeing all the extensions from the CrossFit community into these greater like efforts because you, you could do this with any type of fitness, right? You could become any sort of certified trainer of sorts and then, you know, develop a program where you're taking people out of one situation and putting them in another. But I just think that something is so special with the CrossFit community in and of itself, that leveraging that against these greater efforts is so important. And I just really, I I hope more comes from it because we're making such an impact on people's lives. Sure. The places they've been and the places they're going, but just their overall health and, and fitness and wellness in a way that other programs just can't both physically and also like emotionally and supportively just the CrossFit community is unparalleled. You don't find that anywhere else. So I just, I really like seeing all these different efforts coming out of CrossFit specifically. Yeah, I'm like thankful that that you guys have found a way to leverage that and, and do something really special with it. Yeah. Like I'm a big believer in sport is a really underutilized tool for social change. And I think that the, I've worked in the area of the kind of the field of nonprofit for a lot longer than I've specifically like owned an affiliate or even been a, being a coach sort of in like the CrossFit space. And there's so much that happens so quickly. Uh, we spent a lot of time working with individuals who, um, have been either currently or formally experiencing homelessness or individuals coming out of substance abuse recovery. And 
uh, time and time again, but have a conversation with someone after a run or a workout or something like that. And, and people will open up to things that they wouldn't have that somebody who's a caseworker or somebody else has been trying to get this person to open up with for months and months. And, and it just the aspect of sharing a difficult experience really just lowers so many barriers and enables us to just all remember that we're human beings and we all value the same stuff. And like, we all lay on the floor after 2159 and there's, there's something really humanizing about that. And that's where I agree with you. There's such potential there. And so then when you take that potential and then you have it be delivered, the, the person delivering it allows for a bigger conversation or representation and inclusion. Um, and that isn't just around, you know, racial inclusion, but we're also talking about, you know, especially given that it is Pride Month right now, it's June, and we're talking about LGBTQ plus inclusion as well. Like, how do we... How do the, the coaches are the standard bearers for community in, in, in our affiliates. And, and I just, I'm such a believer in like the quality of leadership exhibited by coaches and who those coaches are is the ball game. Um, and that's what enables this to really become something special. Right? We know that sport works, but then when the person administering it brings in a different approach to their story, the people in the room change, the conversations change, everything starts to become just the world opens up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's great stuff. I love the fact you mentioned inclusions more than just one or two things. I I got in a, a heat. It wasn't heated, but I got in a discussion with someone this week about this. That you know, people start talking about inclusion and they immediately think race or sexuality, and it's often the fact that half the affiliates don't have ADA ramps. You know, it's it's a lot of little things. It's like the CrossFit website doesn't translate into a specific language yet. Yet, yet you have affiliates in those countries that only speak that language, you know, so there, there's so many aspects to this that I think we've got to keep exploring. So it's fantastic that you guys are out on the front lines, you know, in, in your space, exploring your space and yeah. teaching others what you're doing. And it's just critical work that has to be done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cause I think it's twofold. I was having a conversation that we were, we were both on, um, in, in lifting color to oh, give okay. them a yeah. shout out in their platform. Yeah. They're great. Um, Justin Brandon. Yeah. And they do a fantastic job with their, with their and, and they, we were talking about like, what's the role of like CrossFit headquarters and what's the role of affiliates and stuff like that. And I think that there's so much that can be done at the affiliate level that yes, there's better modeling that needs to happen from HQ and they're working on things and they're trying to improve some of that stuff and, and helping to model where things should go. But also it's, 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 but it's more importantly at the affiliate level, because that's ultimately where more of that's where like the rubber meets the road kind of thing, you know, like HQ can say whatever they want at the end of the day. And, 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 you know, and it certainly should be certain things, but, you know, what happens at the affiliate, what each owner starts to do, that is where the sea change can start to take place. And, and, and these things really, you know, transformative change can start to happen. So, um, and I, and I think people really, I think people don't know how much CrossFit really like wasn't a real company, um, prior to Eric taking it over and he's got a hell of a challenge in front of him, um, for as as big as it became globally, um, there wasn't a lot behind the scenes, uh, especially once there was no longer a media team. You know, it was primarily a media company at that point, really, when you looked at the product produced, it was training and media. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done there. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that through some of the, the DEI Council work, the, the work they're pushing and, and, and doing, and it's cool to see those things starting to take some shape. But it's also how do affiliates, you know, it's like, how do you, 
how do you create space for one new coach, right? How do you go out and, and say, okay, we're going to need a coach in the next six months. How is that? If I'm a white male affiliate owner, how can that coach not be another white guy, right? And it's just incremental change, right? So maybe it's even it's a white woman. Maybe it is, you know, somebody of color. Maybe it's somebody of a different sexual orientation than you. But like, how do you start to have a conversation around that aspect that will put you on the clock to start to make some real change there? Um, and I guarantee the process of investigation with that will lead to incredible things at the level of coaching and at the level of, of running an affiliate. You know, it's funny. We had uh, Sin Martinez was on, I don't know how long ago, but uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but Sin, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was he called himself a brand ambassador? I forget what his little title he gives himself, but he created Afro Brutality. And so he's an OG yeah. and he's a good friend and he's hysterically funny. And he said uh, on the show to us, he's like, CrossFit can't do anything for me that I can't go do myself. He's mm-hmm. like, you want to fix whatever, just go fix it. Don't wait on HQ. Don't wait on CrossFit to see what to do. Just go do it. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. You're not waiting on HQ to give you this and give you that. You're just jumping in and doing it. I think it's a great lesson for everyone. No, but you are, but you are trying to help along the way too, which I, which I really appreciate, which, you know, sitting on that council and bringing your experiences to it is, is an important step in the right direction. People don't realize how much nothing there is behind big corporations around the world. Mm -hmm. I work in marketing and I work with some of the biggest brands in sport and in (laughs) just come of the biggest companies out there. And you'd be like, oh my God, they definitely have their shit together. Right? Nope. (laughs) Not even close. You'd be like, wait, you don't, you haven't had someone look at your budget in how long? Like, it's just like this fundamental shit that you think businesses run really well and they don't. So when, when you get the proper people in place, uh, like Eric at the steering the ship and like you guys bringing your experience to these councils and trying to figure out what the, what the next steps are, then, then the chips can start to fall where they should takes a village. Yeah. 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 So just kind of last question as we wrap up, uh, you know, mostly want to make sure people know how to find you guys. So if someone wanted to contribute to your cause, if they wanted to be a part of it, if they want to just reach out and say, Hey, high five, buddy, we love what you're doing. How would they get in touch with you? Yeah. So at you lift you on Instagram, um, also you lift you.org. And it's the letter U, the word lift and the letter U again.org. Um, that's the best way people can certainly make donations to the website. There's a breakdown of all the kind of program costs and where the money goes and what it enables us to do, um, with, um, you know, restrictions easing, certainly here in Philly. Um, we're just now back into one of the rec centers where we used to be. We're going to be, uh, within the coming week, we're going to be in a second one. So we should be back soon to five nights a week programming in the neighborhoods in Philadelphia that have lowest life expectancy, uh, highest mortality rate relative to chronic disease. Um, all being led by our coaches and our graduates. Um, so that's just coming back online. As I said, Jesse's crushing it with the, with our, you know, our kids program that happens in here. Um, that happens on site at, at, Subversus fitness, our gym there, um, downtown. So, um, but yeah, at, at you lift you and you can, you can follow along with all the things we're doing. Do you guys ever have any hopes of expanding to more cities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the goal is is what I would I would love to have a model where where we could basically look at a state look at the, you know, the country and say where's the greatest concentration where's 
high greatest population of folks living below the poverty line? Where is greatest concentration of chronic disease? Where is because those are all the all the neighborhoods that have been written off, right? Our healthcare system, one of the reasons why it's so broken right now is because we have an expectation that a certain number of people are going to die early, they're going to die from catastrophic conditions, and they're not going to pay for the care they get at the emergency room. And so if we could say we have we're developing coaches through the local correctional systems who are coming home to communities who are prepared to make that change from a public health perspective, that's really the goal. And it's what we're starting to do here in Philadelphia with getting folks certified pre-release, bridging them upon coming home, having that, that positive change starts to take place in the community. And I mean, I've been talking a lot, but like, you know, Jesse, maybe you can just say like, what, what does it mean for you to be a coach, to be in, to be in front of her and to be a leader in that space? Like, what is, what has that meant to you? Oh, it meant, meant a lot. So uh, I acquired the knowledge on how to coach, uh, learned a lot of new things on health. And for me to give that information to people, help them achieve their goals, it's been, it's been a lot to me. So me, Coaching and learning and giving my knowledge of what I have, it's like this is a hell of a feeling, man. It makes me feel good that I I'm contributing to somebody's goal. That's great. How do you feel about the assault bike, though? Oh, <laughs> I still hate it. <laughs> yeah, you're a coach. You never, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you never get used to that assault bike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some things never change. Okay, so the letter U, the word lift. And then the letter U again, not Y-O-U, just the letter U. You yeah, guys are interested, just, definitely. Yeah. U lift, U lift, U. Yeah, funny. Yeah, it, it comes actually, there's a South African word, a word called Ubuntu. It's a concept that means I am because of you. And that was um, early on something that I was reading and kind of just going through different things. And, and I just, I really like that concept. And then we're able to kind of make that into the name of the organization. So, um, okay. so. But yeah, no, that's, um, that's, that's what we're about and, and what we're doing. So yeah, we, we, we'd love to have a, we, you know, we have a model at this point, which now to, to your point about kind of the cyclical nature of it, um, that is, that does, that does work. That is bridging people from being incarcerated to certification, to coming home, to coaching. Um, and so really the, the, the prospect is just now, how do we get connected in, you know, if the opportunities there and obviously the funding and all that stuff, but to, to look at a community and say, all right, how do we really now create this, uh, this, this process to both address employment, address recidivism, address public health? Um, and I, I think that we have a, a model that can really do that. So it's a lot to take on. You guys are tackling many problems at once, but all things that need to be addressed. So thank you for, yeah. for you know, taking a step forward in the right direction on all those things. Yeah, for sure. No, thanks for having us. So, thanks. yeah, yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Anytime. And if there's anything we can do, you know, I, you guys know, I love a good fundraiser. I love pissing people off and selling t-shirts. So <laughs> uh, anything you guys need, just to let us know. We're always willing to pitch in and, and yeah. spread the word and do whatever we can to help your cause. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. We're, we're working on getting our own physical space up and running in those neighborhoods where we've been working out of rec centers. And so we're getting closer to having something tangible that we can really, um, that we can really move on. And so at that point, then it'll be like a calling all cars situation to get the word out about it. So, um, soon we should have, we should have some more, excuse me, news about that for sure. We are happy to help.
So appreciate you being on, Nikki. As always, blast seeing you and your headband. Thank y'all. Thank you very much. All right, for everybody listening, thanks for joining, and we will chat with everyone soon. A special thanks to the group at ULFU for taking some time to sit down with us and help us learn a little bit more about the organization. Uh, before we move on to the conversation with Abmat, though, let's uh, talk about our sponsors for this week. So we have two. So the first one's Airwave. You guys have heard us talk about Airwave over and over again, and this is a, a product I've been using in my personal training for months. Uh, you guys have probably seen Rich Froning use it more often if you watch the games or any of the the uh, events that he was on that were streamed, you see this thing kind of hanging in his mouth and it's a performance mouthpiece. And so what Airwave does for you is it directs your tongue down and forward. And when you bite down, it creates an optimal airway opening. It's patented and scientifically proven. It's peer reviewed, has published research uh, that's provided to athletes. And basically what it does is it increases endurance. It reduces your respiratory rate by up to 20%. And it shows increased strength and improves muscular endurance and gives you faster recovery, which is for someone like myself who's a master's athlete is something that I really, really look for. I've been using this thing for months, and I've certainly seen a benefit. And, you know, I've seen uh, games athletes like Rich Froning and Steph Chung using this thing over and over and over. Uh, and it's a really terrific uh, opportunity for you. So go to Airwave, A-I-R-W-A-A-V.com and get yourself one today. I think you absolutely will not regret it. Uh, the second sponsor I want to talk about this week is Gooder. So for those of you that uh, had a chance to see Nick here and I at the games or maybe saw photos, you saw we were both wearing glasses the whole time, and we were wearing Gooder, and those things are awesome, like completely awesome. So I'm not a sunglasses guy. Um, I don't typically like them. I find most of them to be ugly. I think they're too expensive. I break them like kind of hand over fist. I just think they're over-engineered, uh, just you know, not kind of really my thing. And the thing about these Gooder glasses that I really, really loved is that you know they're super fun. They come in crazy colors, so there's a lot of like you know kind of fashion swag to it, uh, and they're really functional. So for like a guy like me that's kind of always running around and doing stupid things, like they're not bouncing around, they're not slipping off my face. Um, and, you know that I can use them in workouts or I can just wear them casually. And so for me. You know, that's kind of the, the biggest thing is that they look good, but I can also use them kind of in my day-to-day grind, whether it's a workout or going to work or just kind of around town. And so, you know, big props to, to Gooder for getting these out into the CrossFit market. And they've given us a code, so which I think you guys will love. Uh, so you can use MPGA15 and say 15% off. That's a U.S. Uh, code only. Sorry, U.K., in Europe, but uh, MPGA15, say 15% off at gooder.com. That's G O O D R.com. So, with that, we'll go off to the show with Dylan from Abmat. Hey guys, welcome back. Still recording here live at the CrossFit Games in the festival. As you guys can hear from the background noise, looks like one of the events just got out and uh, people are walking around trying to get free stuff, which is always fun. But uh, we're back talking with interesting voices within the community and for this one, I got Dylan Tellum with me, who is one of the co-owners of Abmat, which you guys uh, have seen me roast about a million times. <laughs> Dylan, how are you? I'm doing well, man. It's a pleasure to be on the, you the guys, show. You guys are the OG of CrossFit. 
Yeah, the company is. Um, that's for sure. We've been around since literally the first ever CrossFit Games. We were a sponsor. We were the first ever product that was listed on CrossFit HQ. We had a presence in the first ever CrossFit gym, and we've had a presence in almost every single one since. You had a presence on my ass for 10 years now. It was on the, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> I, I've probably tested your products more and, and done weird things with them as much as anyone. I distinctly remember starting as a new CrossFitter and uh, being terrible setups, sure. which is like, a, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like a skill, but certainly something you have to get good at if you want to be good at CrossFit. So I remember like dreading anytime we were doing, you know, Tabata setups and then dreading the shower afterwards because I was doing them wrong. And it's my, a rite of passage. Yeah. And I'd get, you know, ash rash. And then, uh, the other thing I used your product for is I would use multiple of them to do handstand push-ups because yep. I had this coach that would absolutely not let us kip. She was hard, of course. Matter of fact, she coached Scott Pancheck, and I remember specifically she wouldn't let him kip. We could only do strict. That was the gym rule. This would have been like 2000 and... I like that. Uh, well, I didn't, but I like it now. But at the time, I didn't. But it was in like 2011, 2012. And so I would get, because I was so weak at the time, I'd get four of your ab mats and stack them. And so imagine, like, a, you know, I know this is a podcast people can't see, but I'd have, like, an inch between the top of my head and my reach, you know, and I'm just, like, kind of bouncing off the top of that ab mat. That's the, they were great for that. You know? I, I ran into a guy at the hotel that saw my shirt and said, oh, I know that logo. It's the only one I recognize upside down. I was yeah. like, man, I like that. It's a good logo. It looks, yeah, it's a very, very clever logo. Yeah, it's in the shape of an ab mat. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I love about you, and, and one reason I want to talk to you is uh, I think – most people don't know this about AbMap, but because we've talked often, I do, is that you guys are really creative. I mean, you're, you know, I refer to you as an inventor because mm-hmm. you're always sending me photos of things that you're, you have ideas for, things you're working on, and you've sent me test products and said, hey, you know, give me feedback on this. Like, is that just something you're just wired to do, or, is it, or do you just look for gaps within the community or within fitness, maybe, and well, try it, to fill them? It, it's both, but the... The job of an inventor gets easier as time goes on. Because once you establish yourself as an inventor or a product developer, people bring ideas to you. You know, it's kind of like a writer. People bring interesting stories to you. And I'm always being inundated with people who have problems. And at AdMat, we don't have a problem coming up with solutions. We, we do that in our sleep. Our, our biggest problem is finding out more problems. So we like to listen to the community. We pay attention to social media. We watch how people are using other products to figure out that there's a better way to do it. And we're always looking for new, innovative ways to create something that's out there, to revolutionize it, and to see where is this product going to be 30 years from now, 50 years from now, and how can we make those necessary steps to further those products along in their pipeline. Well, and you're coming up with great stuff. Like like the one you came up with the other day, I couldn't believe someone had thought of it, or hadn't thought of it before, was you had a, you messaged, you were like, hey, do you have a hyperice gun? Which I didn't at the time. I do now, by the way, but I didn't then. And you'd created this, I'm going to call it a stick. You tell me what it's actually called. Massage gun holder. (laughs) Yeah, massage gun holder. And it it, it pulls it around to your back so you can get that spot you can't reach on your own. Yeah. So that was actually brought to us by a a chiropractor in Illinois named Travis Fleming. Brilliant guy. He just identified the problem. You know, you can't reach your back without activating all the muscles in your back when you try to reach. So we came up with a couple of different clever ways of producing a product. And uh, down at Peak 360, I tested out with a whole bunch of just pipes that I welded together. And we ended up creating a product at the end of the day that really solves a need. It's a, one of the goofiest looking products that we sell. Um, and probably received more negative comments on social media, not, not towards the product, more towards like 
oh, this guy's got to be single. Whoever made this is definitely lonely. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I, I read these things. I'm like, you're not wrong, but why you got to bring yeah, my relationship I status know. into this? <laughs> why you got to hurt my feelings? Jeez. It's well, one of the only products I use every single day that we created because, you know, it helps me go to sleep and it sets me up for a better day in the morning. I use your products almost every day, to be honest. Um, I use that, um, those crash pads yeah. that you sent. So the, I mean, if, if anyone's lifting at home and you don't own crash pads, you're an idiot. And yeah. I say that as an idiot who did not have them for years. You destroyed your concrete floors, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I just, you know, I had to uh, relay concrete, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to put an actual platform down. So I got some, you know, some plywood, and I'd already had the rubber mats. Um, we launched those about a year and a half ago, and they really blew up during the pandemic when the home gym craze just started, you know. So everything that we sold blew up because we sold the accessories that you can use at home. You know, right. we didn't sell the racks, weights, barbells, and plates that were very expensive and hard to come by, so... All of our volumes went up astronomically during the home gym craze. Well, I think my neighbors want to send you flowers because I'm no longer dropping plates in the basement. It's so much quieter. And I should because I've actually gotten significantly stronger because I'm doing almost all hangs now. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, hang snatches, hang cleans. And I'm finding when I go from the floor, I'm faster, stronger. You know, I do more. My poles are better, basically. Yeah, actually add a note into all the crash cushions that we send out. It says, we and your neighbors thank you. Oh. Sign it, Ab Matt. Well, the, my neighbors definitely thank you because my next-door neighbor who's a cop said to me one day, he's like, what are you doing down there? It sounds like you're killing people. Like, <laughs> I hear bars slamming and loud music. And I'm like, yeah, I'm killing myself. That's ba- basically what I'm doing. What uh, What do you guys get out of the game when you come to the games like this? Like, do you just come to network? Do you come to meet people? You, what are you doing? All of the above, you know. So we, I like like yourself. We've interacted for years on social media, but I never had the opportunity to really sit down, shake your hand, yeah. find out more about you. And so we're getting to meet the people that we've worked with in the community and get to you know learn from our customer bases. We're talking to a lot of people and affiliates, and we're asking what their problems are. Because that's, that's all we're trying to do. We're not trying to compete with any of these other companies. We make products that are innovative and unique and solve a problem that has not yet been identified or solve, recreate a product that didn't quite solve the problem indefinitely. So we're sitting here listening. We're listening and watching. And, and you know, as, as much as I love to see these athletes compete, my, my main reason on being here is mostly networking and learning from the community. How, how did the pandemic treat your company? I know you guys sell direct, but, you, you know, most of your... Well, you know, I think the community thinks most of your stuff is sold through, you know, Rogue or, or you know, other, you know, fitness groups or companies, uh, or that's where they see it. Like, did, did you get a boost in business? Was it? Oh, absolutely. Our, our, our sales went three to five times up than what they normally were. And yeah, we, we're, we're, we've long been established as about a 95% wholesale company. Uh, we sell to the other people that sell to the consumers because we're so focused on building products. Um, at the beginning of this year, we actually launched our first real direct-to-consumer website, which is doing very well. But, uh, yeah, we, the pandemic was a, a very big boost to our business, and it, it allowed us to identify more problems in a home gym because this new wave of people coming in with to starting a home gym started identifying more problems. So we created a lot of different products over the past six months, and we still focused on wholesale. Um, you know, we, we, we really only have our website to sell products that wholesalers haven't picked up yet. Right. For instance, the massage gun holder. <laughs> right. They all think it's goofy, but they haven't tried it yet. Well, it's a good product, though. I appreciate it. I like it. Um, yeah, look, I, I love what you guys are doing. You know, I guess the curiosity for me is, like, what gaps are you looking to fill next? Like, what, what do you see is on the horizon, whether it's in CrossFit or just in fitness, that... 
maybe needs that haven't been filled. You don't have to give me top secret info of what you're working on, but no. So I mean, we don't. I never know what we're going to create next. You know, it's always just a a, a, a random day that comes by with a, a problem that is yet to be identified, and then you know we get real excited about being able to solve it. So. For me right now, a lot of our products have been focused in the CrossFit space, um, but the use of them is very applicable to other training methodologies. So I've been jumping around to different training methodologies and doing the process for three months, working with coaches and trainers to learn more about that space, to see how our products fit in, and to identify more problems that have yet been solved, whether it's in powerlifting or bodybuilding or CrossFit. We're trying to bridge the gap in between the training methodologies and the products that we create to expand our reach. Where do you CrossFit? I was a CrossFitter down at Peak 360. Uh, right now, I'm not in a CrossFit gym. I'm looking to get back into one, but I do drop-ins at CrossFit Voyage over in St. Louis area. It's actually in O'Fallon, Illinois. What's your, what's your friend time? <laughs> no comment. No, man. No comment. That, that seems to be a common comment for most people when I ask that question. Um, do you find as a creator, like I often find when I'm in a gym or working out on my own or wherever I'm working out, that's where I'm getting my ideas. Is that is that... Does it help you to be, you know, in 360? Like 360, that's Noah's gym, right? Yeah. Is that right? Being around these elite athletes, does that help give you ideas? Oh, or? absolutely. The, the, the time that I spent there, you know, was very distracting. Because yeah. I'd sit there and start doing a workout, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to finish the wad, and the only thing I want to do is run home and start building an idea that I have. Right. You know, so it's, in, in, in one way, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, knowing that, I can use the excuse, oh, I'm not working out today. i got to build a problem to solve this, you know, right. th- this issue so that you guys can get strong. So, right. No, but it's, being in a gym setting is 100% necessary in this business. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's give and take. Work out a little bit, build a product for twice as long as you're working out. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, but it it's definitely adds to the pipeline of innovation. Does it feel weird seeing the things that you've created, other people using it? Very much so, you know, because I don't interact a lot with the gyms after our products are started and tested and start selling. I, I, I'm always building the next thing. So when I start seeing people using our products, it's, it always brings a smile to my face to see people enjoying our products and reaching out and saying how much they love it. And yeah, it, it's, it, it's cool. I guess it's like an artist hearing their song on the radio, you know. So are, are you using that feedback for future releases, future, you know, like changes 100%. to your product? Or? So our, at Amat, none of our products are complete. Every single one of them is still continually being developed. You know, even our ab mats. We just released a new molded version for CrossFit Gym specifically that'll probably never have to be replaced. It's a much, much more antimicrobial product that is a solid molded piece of polyurethane foam. Uh, We spent an astronomical amount of time and money developing the product and the process to build these things. And it's solving a need for the CrossFit Gym. So we're looking to always continue improving our products and we take that feedback and continue innovating on them i I have one actually which one uh the molded one you just discussed oh yeah yeah you didn't send it to me somebody else did so uh you you created them for who sent it to me barbells for bullies okay yeah yeah, yeah. on a logo yeah put their logo on one we have a great partnership with them yeah and they're like hey we're gonna send you something i didn't ask what you know i've already got three ad mats and including one you made for me and they sent it and i'm like this is really different so i've started using it and like kind of side like i'll alternate it with the others to see like kind of how they feel different it is a much different feeling and to your point it doesn't like it doesn't change its shape which i like like you know you get for me ab mats are a lot like a you know a worn-in pair of shoes you get a pair you like they're comfy yeah you know what i mean and so like when you've had an ab mat a long time you know they get broken in and 
they're not as you know round or oval. They or flatten out after yeah. about three to five years, depending yeah. on the use. And sometimes you like that, like yeah. you know, you get used to it. And you're like, all right, this is my shape. Like you know, it, 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 it makes it easier. But the entire point of the ab mat is to fill that gap underneath yeah. your spine so that you get a full flex of your abdomen going through the entire workout it's completely stretched so we've actually even with that product that you received we've actually gone out and made the product softer due to customer feedback uh so now it feels truly identical to the original patented ab mat which we're very proud of yeah no it's cool and then you also do the same uh or i'm assuming it's the same but similar you've got the the wall balls or the medicine balls that are made out of the heavy foam yeah so that's actually each ball has its own foam chemistry because we had to get Different amounts of weight, uh, you know, 10, a 14, and a 20-pound ball, all within the same exact volume. Right. So three different chemistry systems were created to be able to make these balls. And I didn't think it was going to be possible when we started the process to make three different weights in the exact same volume and all have the same exact calibrated bounce on a 10-foot drop. Right. It was amazing to me that we were able to come up with it, but again, we're still improving that product. We got a new version coming out. That's uh, We changed the mold release and the paint on them so that... The ball comes out with a much greater grip straight out of the gate and is softer to the feel, so right. it feels a lot more like a true medicine ball that you're used to in a CrossFit gym. And the bounce has been deadened by about a foot on a 10-foot drop. So going from about a four-and-a-half-foot drop uh, bounce on a 10-foot drop to about three-and-a-half. So here's why I always get amused talking to the creators and people like yourself that own businesses. Like, you have all the details. People just, when they call and ask me, like, I got one of those balls, and you just answered the questions that they asked me, but I get asked and I answer far differently. So they'll ask me, am I going to hit myself in the face because I can't grip it? Mm-hmm. That's the, the was the big fear. And the second one was to hit myself in the face when I do ball slams. Will it bounce back up too high? Yeah. You know, you answer both of those questions. It, it's not a slam ball. It's a bouncy medicine ball. So right. you, you can use it for side-to-side slams, for, and it adds a lot of variety to high-intensity interval training, especially if you're utilizing it like a trainer would. Right. So. Um, we don't, we're not trainers ourselves. We give the equipment to people who are, um, get their feedback, see how they use it, and then repost and reshare. You know, and, and we get the feedback, and we always change our products to match what people are looking for. I, I'm, I've been slamming the ball. Am I doing it wrong? No. Slam it away, man. You, you can't destroy the thing. I, I, I swear, if there was an apocalypse today, that ball will be standing here 100 years from now. I, I'm a big fan of doing different things with the equipment and so as soon as i got it it was the first thing i tested how high will it bounce you know if i slam it hard and and can i hit myself in the face with it the short answer is yes absolutely you absolutely can if you hit it hard enough hence the warning straight on the top of the box yeah but i I use it for slams but i try to bounce it up and catch it off the bounce you know it's just a different it's just one more movement i can add different you know than than other things so We've had a lot of strongman athletes that have been using it for throwing it in, like, a field. Uh, we've had a lot of people that are really into, like, fast-paced workouts that have been going to, like, racquetball courts and using it like a, a giant racquetball and just slamming it back and forth and bouncing it off. It's pretty cool. Yeah. How does it feel, like, when you're here at the games and you see your products being used? Uh, it's, it's, it's really eye-opening. It, it, it really shows us the weight of what it is that we're doing on every single day and knowing how it affects the community and the workouts that they do. So it's just, it adds a lot of validation to what we do. You know, it's, it's, it's the years that people put into practice of doing, perfecting their art and then finally getting to, you know, have their big debut or their show or their, you know, their release of a new song. It's just, it's, it's nice. You, know, you guys are really interesting to me you know, for a number of reasons. I know this this whole episode is probably going to sound a little bit like an ad for you guys, but it truly isn't. Like, 
because for me, you guys are the real OG company in CrossFit. Like there are two, you know, just two or three brands that have been around from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, Abmat's one of the very first ones that I've seen. And because you guys aren't, you know, most of your businesses, you know, sold through other companies. You're not selling directly. Like you guys don't have a booth here, like yeah. selling Abmat stuff or doing demos. You know, you got other people using your products. And so for me, it's, you know, you guys are more part of the community than others. Like you just kind of blend in. It's amazing. Like how everyone just knows who you are. We've become a household name. We're almost synonymous with CrossFit. You know, there's no more iconic piece of fitness equipment in the CrossFit space than an ab mat. You know, all the other products have been used in different training methodologies way before CrossFit was ever created. But the ab mat got its strength and growth through the rise of CrossFit. Um, You know, so it's just when you say ab mat in a bar, people are going to look over and say, hey, you do CrossFit? Yeah, it's like it's like. I don't even know if I'm gonna, we don't need to talk if you do or don't, but I don't even know if you have competition. Like I've, I'm sure other people make similar products, yeah. but it's like saying Kleenex. You know, like if you had a similar product, you would still call it an Abmat, but that's the name everyone is synonymous with CrossFit. Of course, you know? there's competition. I mean, there's hundreds of other companies that have tried to knock us off and create products. The biggest thing is they use our, you know, our trademark names and right. our intellectual property, which bothers right. me. So that's which is why we continue to innovate. Yeah. You know, we're going to outpace them, and it doesn't matter what they do. We still own eighty to ninety percent of the market. So I don't, I don't let it bother me. I just move on to the next thing, really. But right. you know, even. Every CrossFit company wants to come out with an ad matter rather than just calling me up and asking me to private label for them. I don't understand why, but... Well, you know, I think people... We don't have to get into the discussion around why people who aren't creative would just rather steal somebody else's creativity. You know, know, it's... It, it cheapens the brands for other companies. So what, one of the things I love about Rogue Fitness is when you walk into any door into their factory, the first thing you see plastered on the wall is what you allow in your presence becomes your standard. Right. That means a lot. You know, if you're selling knockoff accessories, your core products are going to be cheapened. You know, just because you try to save a buck or two by outsourcing to China. You're, right. make, you're selling an inferior product with non-labeled, and it's just, I don't understand it. The accessories are what help build up brands. You know, it's just by selling name brand goods, you, you, you increase the value of your core products. Well, it's funny. People message me asking for product recommendations all the time. I've never even told you this. And people will message me about those crash pads because they don't have them. And they'll, and they'll literally say to me, should I buy the Mat or should I buy Titan? Yeah. And I'm like, how long do you want them to last? You know, <laughs> you know like it's, and I'm not slamming Titan on this call. Like, but this, the truth is, is like, do you want it to last a long time? Or, or, or how much use is it going to get? Like, I love I love yours because I know they're never going to break. Yeah, you know, particularly with the amount of use I put on them. But I think even a commercial gym, they're going to last a long time. It all comes down to materials, you know. So people look at us and say, "Oh, you guys are expensive." We're not expensive. We're a fair value. It's a it's it's not the cheapest in the world. It's not the most expensive in the world. We try to go for a, a medium to right. make make good value, you know. So we could make. We can match Titan's product at a two hundred dollar uh, cost, but we're going to use cheaper foam. We're going to use cheaper vinyl, and right. just it's, I don't think it'll last as long. So we go forward with what we know is going to work confidently, and the numbers are going to tell a story. You know, at the end of the day, whatever it costs us to make, we put our minimum margin on and our reseller's margin, and that's what the product's going to sell for. And a lot of the times, some a lot of products we make, we don't release just because they're cost prohibitive because we're not going to do something that threatens the value of our affordable brand right. in terms of value. Well, I, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, um, I think the thing that I love about you guys, besides the fact that you're, you know, OG to the community and are deeply ingrained in what we do, you guys are continually not only innovating, but you're giving back. Like, I see you constantly putting people's logos on, like, 
Barbells for Bullies is a great example. It's a charitable organization. Love their organization. You know, and, and I see you guys constantly giving back, and you're giving away those you know, ad mats with their logos on it so they can raise money for the CrossFit community and helping. And, and you know, so you're not only you know, obviously selling us products, yeah. but you're part of our community. You, know, yeah. you guys are, are deeply ingrained, and you're giving back, and I think that's really, really Actually, great to I, see a company do that. While we're on that note, I want to thank you because it was listening to your podcast with Alex and Lindsay uh, from Barbells for Bullies that made me inspired to reach out to them. I started a phone call with them, and somehow it led into us creating this challenge where once a year for an entire month we do sit-ups for pups, and out of that, we've done it for two years now. We've done accumulated over 5 million repetitions of sit-ups in awareness for dogs, and this year we raised over $27,000, all because wow. I listened to your podcast, wanted to reach out to this great organization that you, you were so great to turn me on to, and we've had a great relationship with them. We created, our, like you said, we created a Barbells for Bullies ad mats. Same product with their logo. We charge $5 more for it, but we donate the extra money to right. the organization. And it's been a great way to raise awareness awareness for shelter dogs. And um, um, it, it's one of my proudest accomplishments in the fitness space, apart from any other products that we've done, was just being associated with that organization. Yeah, I think it's cool, you know, that, that how so many people get connected within this community and all the good work that's being doing, done. and. And I love the fact that you guys as a company are getting involved. Uh, you know, I think a lot of companies don't think about charitable giving or, or you know, being involved in a specific community, you know. We uh, want to do more of it. You yeah. know, we, we, we don't, if, if I had my druthers, we wouldn't sell anything with the AdMat logo on it. I'd rather represent what people care about because the, again, the AdMat has weight in the community. But we don't need the, the clout for putting our logo on everything. You know, we do because we don't have anything else to put on it. But I would much rather be tied up with other organizations and charities and, and gyms or athletes or something that we can do to give back. Well, before we wrap up, where can people find you guys online? Uh, we're on Instagram, at Abmat. Uh, that was... I actually had to buy that from a gentleman named Abraham Matthew, uh, which was great. Uh, but yeah, at Abmat, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're on abmat.com you can look us up there any of our distributors rogue fitness again faster prx uh we're in many different types of uh distributors so yeah we're not hard to find all right well dylan we appreciate you joining for everyone listening uh thanks for joining as well we'll chat with you guys soon